Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Today we are speaking with Amy Pickard. Amy lives in Los Angeles, where she is powered by the sun and rock and roll. In 2012, Amy's mom died suddenly and unexpectedly. While grieving her mother's death and sorting through her mother's paperwork in an effort to wrap up her financial affairs, Amy went through what she describes as a tectonic spiritual transformation. She discovered her cosmic calling to create an unconventional advanced planning company that would help everyone put their affairs in order and document their end-of-life wishes in order to prevent the pain and red tape from the death duties. Thus, Amy's business, Good to Go, was born. She joked that she went from VIP to RIP in her career. But Good to Go is not your typical advanced planning process. Amy's mission is to change the cultural narrative on how we view death preparedness dying in the aftermath with a sense of humor, cocktails and a rock and roll death-themed soundtrack, she guides people through their end-of-life paperwork. Before the pandemic, she facilitated good-to-go parties in person. In 2020, they are done by video conferencing. In 2014, she drove across the U.S. on her own, giving good-to-go pop-up parties with people of all ages and all walks of life in cities all over the country. All the participants in these parties received Amy's unique workbook, the departure file, where they can document important overlooked information for their loved ones and make their passing easier on those still living. In 2016, Amy's dad died unexpectedly, and she was once again launched into the grief of losing a parent. This time, however, thanks to Good to Go, Amy had clear direction on how her dad wanted his life celebrated, and she was spared countless hours of confusion and difficulty in how to wrap up his affairs. Amy's dad had prepared for his death by attending one of her parties last year and completing his departure file. Amy did not have to make one single gut-wrenching decision regarding her father's care in the hospital or after his death due to her dad's thoughtful completion of the good-to-go paperwork. Amy aspires to be a vibrational catalyst, envisions corporations offering good-to-go as an employee benefit, and dreams of partnering with inspirational leaders such as Richard Branson to create more meaningful and compassionate end-of-life experiences in our culture. She is proud to empower people of all ages to complete their advanced planning. Hi, Amy. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Stephanie. A while back, we chatted with an author, Claire Bidwell-Smith, who dropped your name. In true host fashion, I immediately jotted it down and searched for you. I found your website, goodtogopeace.org. I realized you had a unique spin on planning for the end of life. So many people that now offer this service involving end of life, death itself, or grieving arrived there because of personal experience. Would you please take a minute, fill our listeners in on how you arrived at this point in your life that you're offering this service? Sure. Well, basically, I was a freelance television producer, director, broadcaster, and living the happy freelance bohemian lifestyle in Los Angeles without a care in the world. And then my mom died suddenly out of the blue in in 2012. And it was the first death that I had experienced. And so 
here you are in the wilderness of grief and you're, you're trying to figure out how do I live in a world without my mom, you know, because I've had her my whole life. And so you're grappling with all of these existential questions. And, and what I didn't know at the time was that the death duties are a true joyful nightmare. Um, <laughs> and I'm being <laughs> joyful. And so I flew to Chicago where my mom had lived walking into her condo for the first time that is home to me. But then when she's not there, it just felt so strange. And I didn't even know the cable company that she had in Chicago because I don't live there. What's the name of the electric company? Because you've got to call and make sure the bill's paid and that the lights are on while you're trying to find answers. Like, did she have a will? And did she have other paperwork? And, you know, I, I joked to my friends you know, I, I would have given anything to just talk to my mom one more time, but it wasn't to hear that she loved me. It was to get her Wi-Fi password and to ask her where the car title was. And, you know, all of these jillion million questions in the death duties that I didn't have. And so I just thought, nobody talks about the death duties. Somebody's got to do this. And so I was telling all of my friends and their parents, you know, you've got to get your poop in a group as far as advanced planning goes, because I don't want you to go through the nightmare that I went through. And Kathy, Stephanie, they listened to me. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) People are actually listening to me from my personal experience. And so maybe I can have a connection with people. I'm a good communicator. That's what being a freelance producer and interviewer is all about, is communication and connection. So I thought I would just carry that over and try to convince people from my personal experience about the need for advanced planning. But I get that the subject is a little taboo and people don't like to think about or talk about or plan for their own mortality and their inevitable end. And I thought, well, how can I get this across? And I've got a good sense of humor and I'm an extrovert. And I thought, well, let's have a party. Let's do it while people are young and healthy. We'll do it in a party atmosphere. We'll have everybody bring a potluck dish based on a recipe of their loved one. I have a rock and roll soundtrack that's sort of death themed, like another one bites the dust and stairway to heaven and knocking on heaven's door because I love rock and roll. So I thought, I'm going to bring myself into this as much as possible mm-hmm. and try to make it fun for people. And of course, you know, everyone brings cocktails because if you're going to talk about the hard stuff, well, you got to hey, do the hard stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> Fortification. Exactly. And so we have a party, you know, and so believe it or not, people leave the party. Well, when we had the parties pre-pandemic, now they're just virtual, but people would leave the party ecstatic, euphoric, excited. And it basically, it's because they were grateful to be living and to not be in an emergency situation currently. Because when you need these answers as someone who is mourning and your loved one, your person didn't leave a scrap of paper behind, it's just the most cruel, awful thing that you can delegate. Right. So that's how I got involved with Good to Go. Okay. Well, I think it's a great name for one thing. Good to go. I've experienced both ends of the spectrum Mm. about death duties. And I like that two word phrase. I've never heard it before, but it's so apt. It describes them perfectly. My mother, Stephanie's grandma, planned everything down to the last detail. Wow. She had years before she died. She wasn't even ill. Right. I don't, I'm not sure she had even retired to tell you the truth. 
She was probably in her 60s at some point when she started this. And when I say to the last detail, she went so far in her little corner china cabinet to put notes on the bottom of every single salt and pepper shaker, porcelain teacup, knickknack, whatever, of who had given that to her. Even if they had made it, she even had how old they were when they made it. You know, grandkids made something in school or, or something like that. And her wish, of course, was that the person who gave it to her had dibs on that item. So when I say to the last detail. That's amazing. She had her funeral all planned out and paid for. Everything was taken care of. So, of course, she died at the age of 91, I think, or 90, right around there. So when she died, it was somewhat expected, but it's still that wilderness of grief that you mentioned. Another phrase I love. Thank you for those. And we began all this paperwork, but she had everything written down. It was just a matter of checklist going off it. Done, 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 done. Right. Three years ago, my husband passed away. He had been ill for eight months. I tried numerous times to get information out of him. Uh, he was my second husband. So it was just, I didn't have all of his information. He was also retired from the army. Mm. So as you can imagine, I see your eyes widening already. Too bad our listeners can't see that. <laughs> but, you know, the government paperwork that you have to go through is very daunting. I tried so very hard to get him to help me mm. with some of it. He didn't even want to admit that he was dying. Wow. He just was not. It took his doctor, in fact, at the uh, final facility he was in, a nursing home. Uh, it was a veteran's home. It took the doctor, the medical director, who came in and sat down on the edge of the bed. She herself was retired Army. She outranked him. So she pulled rank wow. and gave him an order. And the two of them filled out his advance directive. Wow. Fortunately for that, I at least had that information. So it was very tedious. Again, that was three years ago. Yeah. Today, no lie, in the mail, I get a new debit card Ugh. for his checking account, his personal checking account that I closed three years ago mm. with copy, a certified copy of death certificate and everything sure. for the bank. Today, I get a new debit card. I'd like to go shopping, but I really don't think it's I know, to, right? I don't, I don't think it's going to activate. <laughs> so those death duties can take a long time. They can be very daunting, and they can seemingly go on for years. Seriously. So that's no secret. And if anybody's gone through this and been in the role of having to do that, you know, make the phone call, how do you know who to call? Hopefully you can call one person and they'll call others and have a phone tree. It doesn't always work. And it just adds such an overwhelming burden to your new and immediate grief. So yeah, it also sometimes happens that family members come along. And if you have no paperwork, you may say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And there may be family that doesn't quite agree with you. I hear this happening a lot. Yeah. So the idea of having this all written down in the mindset and choices of the person who is dying and who has died is an incredible benefit and an incredible gift to those who are left after to sort these things out. But didn't you find with your mom, because she had prepared, you know, compared to your uh, husband's lack of preparation until the last minute, but didn't you find when you had instruction, specific instruction from your mom, 
that going through the list of death duties of things that you have to get rid of and you've got to clean out the house and things like that. But the fact that she left such specific instructions, it almost feels like an honor, like you're honoring the person that died because you, it, it you're carrying out what they wanted, you know, so it kind of adds to the grief, but it adds some nutrition to the grief rather than right. taking away energy of, you know, expended energy. It actually saves it and reserves it for what you need right. for most, which is surviving, <laughs> which is getting through exactly. the day. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And no matter how many ways you think of it and everything, it's still thought of as a daunting set of things to go through. Yet you celebrate it. I celebrate it. How did you get the mindset to celebrate it? Where did that come from? It's just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. You know, it's one of those kind of things. It's like, well, I know for a fact that people do not want to talk about their death. And, you know, if they don't want to talk about it, a little hard to plan for it. So I'm already up against, you know, a huge sort of tidal wave of denial. And so I thought I've got to make it fun. I've got to make it fun for people, you know, and that's where sort of, you know, the potluck dishes and then the cocktails and things like that. And, you know, I have a sense of humor. And uh, when my entire family died within four years, I didn't lose that sense of humor. I just was really sad while I had a sense of humor. (laughs) So I use humor to kind of, um, you know, let people know that it's okay to feel all the feelings. And, you know, it's, it's, I knew I had to make it entertaining for people. And when I created, I created a a 50 page booklet called the departure file that we go through at all the good to go parties. And that took me about a year and a half to write. And I just included everything that came up, you know, you did because you were kind enough to send us a copy and I've actually started filling mine out, Amazing, but it's, it's amazing what's in there that if I said, I'm going to sit down and write all this down for Stephanie and her sister, I wouldn't think of probably about. 35 of those pages would not even come to mind, uh, in all honesty. When you do these parties, these celebrations, is it focused on one person at a time? Or are is everyone who attends the party working on their own document? Everyone who attends the party is working on their departure file. They're good to go to departure oh, okay. file. They don't bring a, a will or a living will or any of that. I tell my clients that I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I am just someone who's lived through grief and lots of death duties. And I know what it takes to sort of get those completed. And so I just included all the information that I think people will need down to, you know, a list of people to notify business contacts. There's another thing of personal contacts and it's got their number. And so that simple thing is going to save you time of getting your parents address book and trying to figure out, well, they were best friends with Hal and Jeannie. So I guess we need to call them first. And you know that instead of trying to figure it out, it's literally listed in there. And if you find it kind of overwhelming when you look at this booklet and you've got to get all this information together. Imagine how overwhelming it is if exactly. you don't do it and you're delegating it to the people who you love the most, yep. who's, who are going to have to deal with this on the worst day of their life. Mm-hmm. And so I tell parents, if you love to parent your kids, this is kind of the last bit of parenting that you need to right. do. You need to right. do this for your kids. 
especially if they're grown, because you've got to think logistically how much time off work are they going to be allowed to have? If they've got to clean out your house, I encourage people to clean their houses out now with their grown children and Mm -hmm. friends and relatives and make new memories and kind of go through. So, you know, I tell my clients, you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. So, you know, we've got to kind of clear out now and to save all of those death duties, um, you know, to save people from all of the trouble from going through the death duties without any instruction, without any guidance, you know, wise, wise words, you need to leave an instruction manual. It's more complicated than putting together Ikea furniture. And there's an instruction manual that comes with that, although it's very confusing. But the departure file is not confusing. It's very, very easy to fill out. Well, I guess it would make sense then. It could be a celebratory workshop. It is. Everyone is kind of relieved that they're alive and that they, you know, aren't currently under duress or in a huge emergency, you know, and the second half of the booklet as well, it, it doesn't just cover logistics, like, you know, your email passwords and what you want done with your pets and things like that. So if someone wants to have your help with this planning, but really isn't into the celebration aspect, do you still help? Or are there any compromises that might not be a full party, but more of a sedate celebration? <laughs> In other words, can someone customize their their um yeah I mean you know I've had clients who aren't up for a party so I just do a private personal consultation I've had terminally ill clients I've had yeah I mean you know I've had the range you know from 20 somethings you know who worked for a nonprofit that wanted me to come in and get them good to go to you know terminally ill patients you know so it's whatever you want I mean Mm -hmm. I offer the initial good to go party but if you want to have a gathering and not have a party. I mean, some people don't like to have potluck dish, so they'll get it catered with the favorite, you know, sort of, you know, food of someone that they loved or something like that, you know, so, you know, obviously not everybody drinks. And so we've had non-alcoholic parties as well, you know, but it's, um, I, I, I can only be myself and bring myself to, you know, the, the table. And, and so you've got to have a sense of humor at the very least, but I will definitely kind of turn down the Amy for. I know. I think it'd be great. Let's have a party. Let's eat, right? drink and have rock and roll. How do you approach what is normally seen as a morbid task so that it's viewed with a sense of humor and fun? Are people shocked? Yeah. I mean, I used to go live every week on my, my good to go Facebook page. They're all archived up there. And we, it was for grievers and groovers. And we just talked about grief every single week, you know, the weird things that people say to you, you know, how you feel, all kinds of weird things. And a lot of uh, feedback I, I would get would be, you're too happy to be grieving. Why are you so happy and up mm-hmm. and funny? And, you know, I always ask them, well, what do you think grieving looks like? You know, everybody does it different. different, Most people, you know, just suffer in silence. You know, when my mom first died and I just did my regular errands again, you know, just going to like Walgreens or whatever drugstore. And then I have a breakdown in the toilet paper aisle because my mom used Charmin and they have a sale on Mm -hmm. it. And so I'm sobbing and I'm going up to the cashier, you know, and I'm like, do I tell them? 
you know, when they say, how you doing? Or, you know, I'm like, my mom just died and I'm having a nervous breakdown over toilet paper. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I just thought, well, if you can't cry over a mom that you loved and was your biggest fan, then what can you cry over? So there's right. no one in the tri-state area that hasn't seen me cry. But I will tell people, you know, I have to use a sense of humor about things because it kind of takes the pressure off. And when, when you have a sort of gallows sense of humor or dark sense of humor, you know, it comes in handy, but um, I feel like even though, and that was, that was kind of hard for me as an extrovert and as someone who has a sense of humor and likes to have fun really hard while I was grieving for my friends to kind of deal with me because they never knew a super sad you know, grieving Amy, you know, and I wasn't laying on the floor and I wasn't tearing my hair out saying, why God, why, or anything like that. But obviously, you know, grief impacts you. And so that's what I want to tell everybody, especially after a year of the pandemic of the global pandemic, Mm -hmm. it has been such a year of tremendous, tremendous loss. And you never know what someone is going through. Yeah. The person next right. to you in line at the post office mm-hmm. might have right. had their partner die, you know, and you just, you just don't know. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are grieving kind of quietly. I think there's a lot of shame and embarrassment for feeling the feelings that you have and right. feeling alone and just feeling vulnerable. I think a lot of people aren't used to that. And so they think that they have to be strong. and I tell people, you know, it's, it's like Megan Devine, who's a grief author. She says, it's okay if you're not okay. And exactly, you know, it's just, it's very different. So yeah, just because I think I'm allowed to make fun of it or to, to have a sense of humor about death and planning since I experienced that You've experienced in it, my yes. own life. So. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I think, you know, we talk about the topic of death being taboo. I'm not so sure it's the actual topic of death, but it's trying to attach anything comical, humorous, witty, or uplifting about it. That's the part that's taboo because everybody has a picture, a stereotypical person who is grieving. And it's exactly that person in the drugstore sobbing over the Charmin toilet paper. And also, you know, a lot of people kind of uh, don't really think about death being positive in any way, shape or form. But I definitely have found that death can be a teacher. And, you know, and it's okay if it's not a teacher and if it just sucks. But I think if if you can be open, it can teach you a lot of things. And and I will say, you know, that my mother's death was a very beautiful, the aftermath of her death after the death duties were completed. It was a beautiful experience because I feel she's with me in a stronger way. I feel like her soul kind of braided with my soul when she left the earth. I didn't have one funny thing to say to you. In the the Good to Go departure file, in the spiritual last half of the booklet at a Good to Go party, my dad came to a Good to Go party a year before he died. And there's a question that says, if you are dying, what are the last words that you would like to hear? You know, it's kind of what is your sonic will? You know, do you right. music or whatever? And he raised his hand. I'm like, okay, dad, what would you like to contribute? And he says, the last words I'd like to hear if I was dying are, you're not friggin' dying. Yes. I was picturing maybe like, Amy, you were the best daughter ever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
So you mentioned that these can be done virtually, yeah, yeah. right? We mentioned Obviously, that, right? Can't be face to face. I think that the pandemic, it's, I mean, every, we've realized that everything can be done virtually basically now. So I think that's a nice, great option too. And it opens up your, yeah, your, it makes you know, traveling your area so much easier. It's literally through. from the living room. So, right. And it makes it more affordable for right. some groups that might be trying to plan an event Absolutely. because they don't have the travel expenses right. to pay. Right. That was usually a huge part of any budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Let's imagine we have been invited to this party mm-hmm. and we're checking around the community, finding others that maybe have gone to something like this. In this community, that would be very difficult because I guarantee no one's heard of this. What feedback nope. do you get from those who have participated? And if, for example, I decided I wanted to attend, who else from my network or my family might come along with me? Yeah. Well, you know, parties depend on who who you want there, you know, um, I feel that the family parties are the most fun just because everybody learns so much about each other, you know, and I had one daughter say, dad, I didn't know that's what you wanted. <laughs> like we've talked about this before, but you've never mentioned this, you know, and they, and they were just like, oh, well, I'll, I'll put it in the file, you know, <laughs> but it just depends. It could be your soul cluster. It could be your best girlfriends. Those are really fun parties. It can be family parties. It can be a mixture of both. It can be, you know, the firehouse guys. Um, I'm just trying to think of, you know, you know, I had a drag queen uh, good to go party scheduled before the pandemic, but unfortunately we had to cancel, but I was really looking forward to that. Oh, that would have been a great one. That would have been a great so it time. Just, it just depends on who you want to, you know, you. Right. Um, my husband belonged to Vietnam Veterans of America, and he was very involved in the local chapter, but even the national one, we went to several conventions. And they, at one point, had a document similar to yours. It was a similar concept, at least. They called it the paper safe. Oh, wow. And it was intended, it was given to all the veterans, and it was intended that they fill it out and have it available for their family, along with their DD-214 and all those necessary documents. So my husband, of course, never filled his out. But this reminds me of that document. However, I will say that your perspective on it is a whole lot more intriguing and sounds a whole lot more fun. But I know in the cases of veterans or anyone who has been a federal employee, it gets very, very complex. So especially in those cases, this would be the best thing ever to do. If you're a veteran and you're retired from service, you have to fill out a form to request to be buried in a national cemetery. Yes, you do. And then do you want all the bells and whistles? You know, well, exactly. And I also, as a spouse, have to fill out the same request so that Stephanie won't have to do it so that I can be placed next to him when it's my turn. It gets very, very involved. So I just can't. This has to be one of the most unique services in the field of end of life. planning. I love the concept, though, because it's a positive spin on something that really is Mm -hmm. so necessary that so many, many people keep putting off because they just don't want to think about it. Right. And the problem is we all say, all parents say, you know, I want to make life easier for my kids. I don't want them. And I can't remember how many times my mother mother said, 
well, I don't want to do this because it's more work for you. Right. To her, it, it jeopardized her own health to do it. Mm-hmm. Yet, if you really thought about it and thought about this and had gone through it yourself, you would know that this is probably one of the most burdensome tasks you can leave your child. Right. Because here they are trying to deal with the fact that you're no longer here and they've got to go through all of this paperwork. And it's really, really hard. It's so hard. It's harder than algebra, you guys. Right. (laughs) I know. Now, I know different states have different regulations. Mm -hmm. Does that come in at all to any of your document, your planning at all? It does not because the good to go departure file is not a legal document, you know, and and I explain that very clearly in not only in the booklet, but on the website and everything else too. So you can, you know, I send uh, departure files to Australia, to Germany, to England, you know, I mean, the wording might be different, you know, they might not call it a will or a living will, or, or, you know, there's terminology that may be different, but Mm -hmm. the, the good to go departure file is, you know, okay for everybody, no matter where you live. And then also there's websites, there's a link on my website, actually, but you can just Google if you want where they're, I think it's caring.info. And you can click on whatever state you live in. And that will bring up the most current legal advanced healthcare directive slash living will. And all you have to do is print it out. So it's free. So anybody listening to this could go to go to that link print out a living will and you can have a living will in 10 minutes if if you know what you want i mean obviously yeah. you know if if you're kind of nervous about it and also right. i think it's just good to have your advanced planning sorted out and then you before you go on vacation before you go for a holiday weekend away you don't have to write down a million post it notes you don't have to you know you can just say it's all here if something yeah. happens you know yeah. and i think that the fact that your mom would talk about it and say, you know, I don't want to leave that to you. You know, I encourage everybody like, yes, advanced planning, you're dreading it, you're avoiding it. And now you've come to this good to go party and you know what you need. And then you take it home and you don't fill it out because it feels too overwhelming and you'll get to it or you feel healthy right now or whatever, you know, so I'm just trying to tell people, you know, be prepared, not scared. Let's right. do this, you know, and I think part of the reticence is people are superstitious. Yeah. People are superstitious. And I, I keep telling them that planning isn't prophecy. You right. know, if you buy car insurance, you don't immediately get into a car accident and need right. to use it, you know? And so, and then I feel as well, not only that kind of superstition, but the overwhelming kind of question mark of what needs to be left behind. And then once they see, once they open, get over their fear and open up the department right. file and see how it's all there, I did all of the thinking for you, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, then it, they realize, oh, okay, maybe it's not as scary as I thought, yeah. I haven't been stricken by a lightning bolt. And you know, um, so, so I think if you face your fears, as with any of your fears, but if you face your fear of your own mortality, you will come away with a peace and a certainty that you never knew that you could have. And I always kind of joke that good to go is about trying to convince people of the peace that they don't know that they're going to need. (laughs) Yeah, You know, this, this image just kind of flashed across my mind, I have to tell you, and then I'll, I'll let Stephanie ask her last question. I pictured in my mind a huge family, 
Hmm. And you picture a Christmas gathering, if you will, where there's the kids and the grandkids and maybe some great grandkids thrown in. But this there's this core of adult in the family. And I don't know, maybe there's 20 of them. And instead of Christmas this time, it's after a funeral. Mm. And there's one person in charge who's extremely organized, extremely organized, I think is Stephanie, except Stephanie probably wouldn't do this. <laughs> this person is so organized and in their corporate world, they are so used to delegating. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't delegate. So here they've got this 50 some page manual that's mm -hmm. been filled out and they say, okay, this needs to be done. And someone sheepishly says, oh, I'll help. Let me know what I can do. Okay, you get page 17, page 23 <laughs> over here, page 45 over here. I can just see that even though there are still these tremendous lists of things that need to be done, it does make it much easier when someone says, can I do anything to help? Yes, you can make all of these phone calls for me. Yes. And if you've got, like in the departure file, it has email contacts exactly. and yeah. phone numbers. Exactly. And, and granted, you know, we don't want you to die right away. We want you to no. have a long, prosperous life. Right. And who knows, those phone numbers aren't going to be used anymore. But I've had the same number since 2000. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah. you know, it's just, it just one step more than, sure. you know, you kind of needed. Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, I oh. just, and I have to say that the last page of the departure file I liked the best, especially the very last paragraph. Um, and if you want to know what it says, you'll have to get your own departure file. Um. <laughs> and then also, I have to remember what it says. I can't remember. I've got pandemic, foggy, grief brain. You'll okay. have to go read it again then. Yeah. But I just, I liked how it brought everything together and just made me think about, oh, reading everything. First of all, you came up with things that I was like, well, why would we need that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. Um, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I never would have thought of that either. Um, so I right. think it literally puts everything out there and there shouldn't be, I don't think you've forgotten anything at all. I could have forgotten a few, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I think it's great. And the, the rock and roll and the humor into it, I'm, I'm one that uses humor too. And like, I can have a bad situation and I got to laugh at myself or the situation or, you know, talk about Murphy's law, whatever. Like that's my life. I just think this is an amazing thing and um, everybody should get a departure file and fill it out and then even go back to it and update it. I just think it's very important. And it, it makes me realize that my husband and I have to do that because while he probably can guess all of my passwords for everything, I couldn't mm -hmm. guess his because he's an IT professional. So they're like Q254, like that's, and they're like 20 <laughs> characters long. So his, there's no way I would guess his passwords. Right. <laughs> or his, you know, phone lock codes or any of the right. codes for electronic devices. You're not going to put that in a will. Right. You know, right. But you no. need those answers. Yes. No, lawyers charge by the hour. So yeah. You're not going to hear that. <laughs> one-time fee. That's it. I know. Okay. I think our time is growing short for today. Before we wrap up, Amy, I want to offer you some time to tell our audience more. Things you're working on, what, what you might find going to your website, anything you'd like to share with them. Okay. Well, uh, my website is good to go peace, as in peace and love, org. Good to go.com was taken by some kind of weird transportation company in Washington. <laughs> 
You can reach me um, at any of the social media platforms, which is at good to go peace, all spelled out. And there's a huge archive of Grievers and Groovers, a live show that I would do on Facebook every week talking about grief. So every Wednesday for three years, we talked about grief. So if you go to my video archive on my Facebook page, you will find so many lives that talk about grief, address grief, and kind of make you feel less alone. It's kind of like a little hug on social media if you're grieving and don't know how you're going to get through it. I'm currently working on a grief comic strip. So I am very excited about that. I've teamed up with an artist and uh, we are making kind of a griefy comic strip. So trying to use humor in that and basically just spreading the word of how important it is to get your advanced planning done. It's it's the greatest, greatest gift that you can give to your loved ones. Mm And yes, it's a little overwhelming, but good to go is here to hold your hand. That's amazing. I just keep echoing my own words and, and thoughts that you have given all of us a gift in creating this document and making it available to us. Oh, thank you. I, my document probably would be a page and a half. <laughs> in all honesty, because that's probably all I would think of. Right. Even right. though I've gone through it in two different extremes. I just wouldn't think of those things now because you tend to forget those things and set them aside. And as you say, really procrastinate having to deal with it. So thank you for that. For our listeners, as with all podcasts, Amy's contact information will be available on her website and in the episode notes. Amy, once again, thank you so much, not only for being here with us today, but for the work you do, as well as the inspiration you offer. To be able to look at a subject that is so sensitive, so touchy, and do it with a smile on your face, a witty word, a witty phrase here and there, and just make us smile in spite of the fact that we're grieving. So we'll chat with all our listeners again next week. Everyone stay well and take care of yourselves as we all continue to live and grieve. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.